This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What is up, everybody, and welcome to ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, though, let's talk about the statement made by both Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy and also Jerry Jones about Ezekiel Elliott, because some of you might not have heard this by now. But, you know, the NFL is in owner's meeting mode, which means there is media availability for the coaches. There is media availability for owners slash general managers in the case of Jerry Jones. But they had some some interesting stuff to say about Seek. And this is via NFL.com. What Mike McCarthy said, and I'm going to start with the bottom picture that you can see right now on screen. He says, no one felt good about that, talking about the Ezekiel Elliott release. I mean, Seek has such a bright light to him. Two, he's a great teammate. There's so much love for him in the building. But you get to these spots, you know, the longer you're in this league, these are tough decisions. Very difficult decisions. Very difficult for Dak. And, you know, I've had a number of conversations with Dak, but it's not easy. And then he was asked, well, is the door closed, though? Because it doesn't seem, at first at least, that Elliot is finding the market that he was seeking out there in the NFL market, in the punishing running back market. And to that, Mike McCarthy had this to say, I think that you always keep the door open. Absolutely. Now, this fits quite well into what Jerry Jones also said this Monday. He was asked about Zeke, obviously. And Jerry Jones said via Clarence Hill that the Cowboys did not offer him a contract adjustment for cap reasons. Uh, before releasing him for cap reasons, excuse me. But Jerry Jones also did not close the door on Elliott potentially returning if he doesn't sign with another team. To me, this was surprising. I wouldn't have expected the Cowboys to publicly say on both fronts, the head coach and the owner slash GM, we know that Maybe Stephen Jones and Will McClay are the de facto GMs, but let's call him by, by the official title for now. Uh, I did not expect them to be very public about it and say that they would be open to Ezekiel Elliott returning to the team. I think it's meaningful that 
The Cowboys have been very, very insisting in the sense that it was a financial move, that it was a salary cap related move. And they're also not ruling this type of stuff back. So my question from ruling this type of stuff out, excuse me. Uh, my question from me to you in the chat, welcome everybody, by the way, thank you for being here, is are you buying or selling the fact that the Cowboys have not closed the door on Ezekiel Elliott? Are you buying or selling? Let me know in the chat. What's up, Jack? Thank you for joining the show. We've got Toxic Tom as well. Katara Jones saying, I am not surprised at all. Sean saying, Pollard, Jones, Davis, they will be fine. Mark Aaron says, selling. Katharina says, buying. Bruce goes with buying. Katharina Jones sells this. Interesting, interesting. Selling for Gregory. Toxic Tom says, Selling, I do not think they are that incompetent yet again. That is Toxic Tom's comment right there. Uh, Nicholas goes with buying. He's still too good of a pass blocker. Bet minimum. Joshua says buying because the door is always open for players from their former team. I'm going to I'm gonna buy this at a very, very large discount. Here's, here's what I mean. If it is indeed a figure close to a veteran minimum contract. And I, I don't think that it would be a minimum. I think that even though Seek right now is not going to be finding the perfect market for him, I, I just wouldn't bet on it going as low as the vet minimum. I don't think that he will get the same contract that Ronald Jones got with the Cowboys. But if it is like surprisingly close to it, then I could see the Cowboys bringing him back on. But if it's a, I don't know, like $4 million contract for three years or something, I mean, per year, I could see, I, I, I couldn't see the Cowboys making this happen. Uh, but I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with selling for the most part. Only if it's like a ridiculously low number, I could see the Cowboys running it back with sick. Mostly selling, that is just the one exception that I would have in this conversation. Because honestly, if you can get Seek back for a surprisingly cheap deal, then why the heck wouldn't you? I know that, you know, Cowboys fans have been somewhat disappointed with the entire Seek conversation, especially because of the contract that he got in 2019, whether it was worth it or not. Then there was the Tony Pollard dilemma that I think that kind of also earned him a lot of enemies within Cowboys Nation. But if we're looking at it objectively, he's a running back that would be worth that type of deal. As somebody already mentioned, he is a very good pass protector. I think that he's also a guy that you can trust in power situations. So I, I don't look at Seek as a bad running back at all. If it's a low contract to me, the door should be open for him. But I don't think that Seek is going to sign for a, for a contract so low that the Cowboys would be in it. So I'm going to sell this for the most part. Let's see what you guys have to say in the chat. Mo, have you ever... <laughs> I'm not going to read that comment, Toxic Tom. Uh, I, I have not. I have not. Very fortunately. 
Okay, I'm going to read it, actually. I don't know why I said I wouldn't. Uh, he says, have you ever broken up with an ex and then got back together again? I personally have not. I know a ton of people who have, though. But all, all kidding aside, though, they, like, it wouldn't be a an extraordinary occurrence if this happened. Many players... Many players have been cut from their teams and then failed to find the contract they were hoping for only to return on a significantly cheaper deal. This wouldn't be anything crazy in the world of the NFL. It wouldn't be that crazy. Once more, I'm selling. I'm selling, but... But I think uh, it, it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for NFL standards. Still, I do think that it is relevant that the Cowboys are out there being public about being open to getting back together with Sick. And I do think, I just want to say this for people to maybe ha have a little bit of peace of mind if this happens, let's, like, let's get hypothetical here. And let's say that the Cowboys signed Ezekiel Elliott to a very cheap deal. At least for 2023, when Tony Pollard is already locked into his contract, he already signed the franchise tag, I don't think that we would see the same dilemma that we saw last year about a 50-50 split. I think that this would be Pollard's team at running back with sick essentially being the number two guy because suddenly you're not in the same situation about oh i need to give sick the carries that he that his contract dictates right we're paying him this much money let's have him be the starter even though that is a flawed process it was a process that the cowboys followed in 2022 i think this time time uh, things would be different in this hypothetical scenario because now pollard has the upper hand in the contract as well. So if you if you are out there like absolutely hating the fact that the Cowboys could back could get back together with Sick just because you want Pollard to be the feature back, then I think you have nothing to to be worried about. I don't think that things will change in that sense. I think that Pollard would be running back one for the team. Now, this is a good comment from Toxic, though. He says, Mo, with this draft class, you cannot sell me. You cannot tell me, I think he meant, you would get better and also cheaper with Seek back. Well, here's the thing. I'm not saying necessarily better because there are a lot of running backs in this NFL draft. But say that I don't want to use a day one or day two pick in, at running back. and." As I said earlier, if it is a deal that is very close to a veteran minimum, then I would just be switching him for Ronald Jones. I wouldn't be looking at it as, you know, I'm not going to draft anybody and he's going to replace the possibility of drafting somebody late in the draft. I would just look at it as a replacement for Ronald Jones. I am not excited about Ronald Jones. <laughs> I am not excited at all. That's why I think that if it is a higher deal, then I'm selling it completely. I don't think that the Cowboys would run it back with would run it back with Seek. 
I just don't see it happening in that sense. Uh, shout out to everybody who's joining the show, by the way. Do me a favor and hit the like button. If you like this show, hit the thumbs up because it helps us put this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. So go ahead and do that for me. Now, we need to move on here on the show and move on to we're going to stay with the offensive side of things. There was a very interesting report as well about something that Jerry Jones said, and this relates to the offensive line. This, this relates to the offensive line. So far, we've been running some projections about what the Cowboys offensive line could look like. And one of my big theories, at least last week when we had the depth chart breakdown, the way I looked at things was, give me Tyron at left tackle. Give me Tyler Smith at left guard. Viadish at center. Then give me Zach Martin at right guard. Witter and Steele at right tackle. That was my lineup in the depth chart breakdown. And I said, you know what? The Cowboys want Tyler to be a tackle. That's okay, but you might have to draft the guard beforehand and then you make the move. That was my logic when we were breaking down the Cowboys' depth chart. But Jerry Jones had a very interesting comment today, and I didn't load up a graphic about this, but I will read it as is. This is from Clarence Hill as well, who you can check out in the Star Telegram. But he tweeted out, Jerry Jones said that the Cowboys are not considering moving Terrence Steele to left guard. Apparently, this was a conversation among, among some people, but now we know that he's not being moved to left guard. So far, pretty unsurprising tweet. But here we go. He says, Steele is too valuable as a swing tackle tandem behind starters Tyler Smith and Tyron Smith. Tyler and Tyron Smith at tackle. Ooh, we. What? I don't know if this was like a weirdly worded tweet, but from what I understand out of it, Jerry Jones essentially said, Terrence Steele is your swing tackle because Tyler and Tyron are starting on the outside. That would obviously mean Tyler on the left side, Tyron on the right, right side, like he ended the season last year when he came back from injury. Boom. I, I was not expecting that. I think we I think it's actually been, I think we have not done uh, made a lot of noise on social media out of that tweet. I think it's mainly because Clarence Hill apparently is the only one that tweeted about it. What do you make out of the decision? Do you like or dislike the idea of having Tyron and Tyler play as a starting tackles? Here's how I would break it down. The positive side of it is that you get, you, you, you basically get your best group of five. I'm fine with that. Although I don't know if, if not having Terrence still in there, now that I think about it, I'm processing it as we speak. I, I dislike it. <laughs> let, let me toss that out there right now. 
I dislike the idea, but let me know in the chat what you have to say. And now that I'm thinking about it, here's why I dislike it. Number one, no, you're not getting your best group of five right now because Terrence Steele is not in there. And even if Terrence Steele is injured, etc., the expectation supposedly is for him to be ready for the season. We're going to count on that. We're going to make that assumption to have our opinion tonight. I think the Terrence Steele would be in your best group of five. Because right now, I don't know who's your starter then at left guard. Like, you can tell me that it's Tyler at left tackle, Tyron at right tackle, and then obviously Zach Martin and Tyler Viadish. Who is playing left guard? I, for one, I don't know. Like, like it's Chumu Edoga, the favorite, the recently signed free agent. He might be in that case. Now, maybe you find somebody in the first round of the NFL draft, but then... For the second consecutive year, you're tying yourself and you're forcing yourself already to make that pick with the 26th overall pick. Now it's got to be Osiris Torrance or Bust or somebody else at the position or Bust. So I'm not a fan of, of that particular report. Hopefully it's just Jerry saying stuff. We should make that a hashtag, maybe like Jerry saying stuff. Maybe it's not that real. But for now, I significantly dislike this. Uh, I will say I kind of misread it at first, like earlier today, not right now during the show, but earlier today when we were getting the article out for ADC Sports. And I kind of read it as Tyron Smith being the swing tackle. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. But but I don't I don't like that idea at all. Ines Gomez says, I would say dislike. Jameer says Jerry's always trolling. Hopefully that is the case with this one. I, I do agree. It's hard to interpret Jerry Jones right now. Uh at first I think that he was very honest, like way too honest, actually. And then at this point, I think that he's just like not marketing the team, not calling the shots at all. Just just saying stuff in the media. I doubt it, says Russell. Let's see here. Uh, get that a live alert, says Toxic Tom. Catherine Jones says, I dislike it with a passion. I hate it, says Gregory. Oh, so yeah, uh, people people do not like this. Catherine Jones says, oh, come on now. What sense does that make? And I agree. I agree. It doesn't make a lot of it. Uh, Chuma would be the favorite, says Kevin at left guard. And Todd also, also said that in, in Facebook right now. So, yeah, honestly, that is like the only possibility that you have. It, it's not only that Chuma would be the favorite right now. It's like it might be the only option if that is the plan moving forward. But then again, let's wait it out. Let's see what reporters talk about when practices actually start. By the way, there are already off-season dates out there in case you have not checked them out. There are already off-season dates out there for every team. That includes the Cowboys. April 17th is the first day of voluntary workouts, if I'm not mistaken, for the Cowboys. And then, you know, 
same three-phase voluntary program, including mandatory minicamp, which is obviously not voluntary and teams can hold in phase three of the offseason. That would be towards June. Happy birthday, Moses Drumson Cowboys. Happy birthday from Katara. Then Mark Aaron says it's the 15th birthday for Mo in the month. That is right. That's how we do it here on Primetime. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, shout out to Tyler who got that started for some reason. Uh, Mark Aaron says, I'm not excited about Ronald Jones either. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not excited about Rojo. I, I kind of would be surprised if he makes a roster even. So let's move on a little bit here on the show. And we're going to have some fun here with jersey numbers because the Cowboys announced some of them. And Stefan Gilmore is getting number 21. Speaking of sick, maybe that's cold. Maybe it just doesn't matter. But, you know, the Cowboys are out there acting like, oh, it still hurts to have moved on from sick. It was so tough. There you go, Stephen. Uh, Stephen, uh, get your number. Get get number 21. Get Deion Sanders' number. They also got Brandon Cooks, number three. They got Ronald Jones, number 32, which pains me. Like, it hurts my eyes. You know, I actually think that my style will grow back just from looking uh, that jersey number for Ronald Jones. I just do not like it at all. Uh, Chuma Edoga with number 71. And I thought this would be a, a very, very interesting question from Jess Haney at Cowboys Addicts. Former colleague of mine when we were both over at InsideTheStart.com. I really appreciate Jess. To me, he's one of the most funny, underrated Twitter personalities in Cowboys Twitter. He should have six-digit followers, in my opinion. But he he is now with Blogging the Voice, and he tweeted this out. He said, should any numbers join number eight, number 12, and number 22 as the quote-unquote taken out of circulation for the Cowboys? Should any number that is not eight, 12, or 22 should any additional number be taken out of circulation? What do you guys think about that one? Let me know in the chat. We'll get into the jersey numbers for the Cowboys, but I wanted to pose that question right away for all of you. Uh, before you give me your answer, which numbers should be taken out of circulation for the Dallas Cowboys based on their historic players? While you give me your answers and before I give you mine, let me talk to you about our friends over at freemanmazda.net because the ride of the week is here and we got to talk about this family-owned business has been so for over 65 years and you can check out their dealership over at Irving, Texas. You can also go into their website at freemanmazda.net and browse their wide range of new and used vehicles as well as every feature of the car, pictures of the inside and outside of the vehicle. And as we do around this time on, Freeman, on ADC Sports Dallas Prime Time, it is time to look at the Freeman Mazda Ride of the Week. The 2023 Mazda MX-5 Miata Grand Touring. Let's get into the details 
of this one. It starts at $34,115. It's got Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, manual transmission, a convertible roof, premium audio for you to listen to prime time, and a blind spot monitor with a miles per gallon capacity of 26 when you are in the city. That goes up to 34 when you are in the highway. Check it out over at FremenMazda.net. As always, bringing you prime time. So the question was, should any numbers join 12, 8, and 22 as those numbers that are taken out of circulation? Let me know in the chat. Let's see what you've got. Ryan Null, number 42, says Joey Bella. <laughs> 74, says Toxic Tom. Hmm. 33, says Russell. I've seen 33 out there. I get it. Number 54, Randy White, says Russell. We're, yeah, I mean, maybe. 33 and, and 54, I think, are valid answers. 22 says Catherine and Gregory also said 22. Yeah, uh, 22 is definitely taken out of consideration here. Uh, I think that one is essentially retired for the Cowboys. Ryan Noll will always be number 42. <laughs> there you go. Brett. Brett adds 88 and 82 to the conversation. Here's what I think about 88. You're at a point in which I don't know that you can retire it. I think that you're doing your thing with 88. I personally love it, the number 88 tradition. I think you are at a point in which you cannot walk it back. You cannot suddenly retire a number that has belonged to so many players now because you turned it into a special pass the torch kind of thing in which there was Drew Pearson, then it was Michael Irvin, Des Bryant, CD. I think it might be a little bit too late for that one. 82, though, like if you're going to put one up for consideration, to me, I would put 82 in there. That being said, I think no other number should be taken out of circulation other than those three, which would be 8, 12, and 22. Those are the, the three numbers that I personally would get rid of. I would also consider number 74. Toxic Tom mentioned it. I mean, that's Mr. Cowboy. You got to consider it at the very least. Let's see if I'm missing any number that you guys mentioned on tonight's show. 54. Wait, what, what number? So I know that uh, okay, Randy White was uh, number 54. What I'm wondering here, let me double check this before I look dumb, but didn't Chuck Howley wear number 54? Because I, I kind of think, and I might be wrong about this, but I kind of think that you got to retire those numbers that were, that, that belong to the one player, Right. Troy Aikman was number eight, and that's it. Like, the, it, it was Troy Aikman. Emmett Smith is number 22. That's it. Same for number 12 and, and Roger Stelback. But when you have two sort of legendary players like Randy White and Chuck Howley, 
or as I said, the 88s, maybe you kind of, maybe it's not worth it to retire the number anymore if that makes sense. Uh, not to mention Jalen Smith, who also wore number 54 and was, uh, I mean, legendary with it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, you could go with number 72, Ed Tutal Jones. This is Russell. That could be that could be fair. Number 38, Jeff Heath. <laughs> there you go. The real GOAT. You want to talk about GOATs, you start with Jeff Heath. So there you go. Uh, those are the New Jersey numbers for the Cowboys. Oh. I actually was, I actually moved the the screen in there. Uh, number 21 for Stephon Gilmore. Number 33, number three, excuse me, for Brandon Cooks. And I think those are the big ones that we all cared about. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on a little bit here on the show. Obviously, this is a Dallas Cowboys-centric show, but sometimes I like to go beyond the Cowboys world, and I like to dive into the NFL news, especially when they are as big as the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes that are ongoing around the league. On Monday, Lamar tweeted out that he wanted to be traded. Now, he tweeted out that in March 2nd, he requested the trade. So that happened a while back. But it is very different to go public with it, to tell the NFL world, you know what? I want to be traded from the Baltimore Ravens. And all of this while John Harvo got ready to start a press conference. You know that big short movie scene? <laughs> this is not the first time that we've referenced that movie here on the show, but I, I really love that movie. Uh, but you know that scene when they're in that debate slash press kind of conference. I mean, it's more of a debate. And then things go south, like in the market, right as the debate starts. That's essentially what happened in the Baltimore Ravens world. Lamar tweeted that out just as John Harvo was getting started with his press conference in the NFL owners meeting. So he was surrounded by every reporter out there in the owner meetings. And he was answering every imaginable question pertaining to Lamar Jackson and his status with the, with the Ravens. But anyways, we knew that he was ready to negotiate with other teams because of the non-exclusive franchise tag. But now that we know that he wants to be traded, my question from me to you is, is it something or nothing that he tweeted this out? That he tweeted out that he had requested a trade from the Ravens on March 2nd. Is it something or nothing? In other words, does it make it more likely for him to end up elsewhere? Somewhere not named Baltimore. Let me know in the chat, what do you think about that? Because I've been thinking about it all day long, honestly. I think it is something, personally. Here's why. I think that before it was just about Lamar wanting the right offer, but requesting a trade turns it into wanting out of Baltimore. Wanting out. Th that part is different. There were some reports out there suggesting that both sides had negotiated as late as last week. But 
it's still to me something very vague to go out there and say, I want out of Baltimore. Because suddenly it's not about the contract anymore. And suddenly, if you are a team interested in Lamar's services, then you go, hmm, I'm not running the risk of the Ravens just like matching my offer anymore. Because if Lamar does not want to be in Baltimore, then that will likely be reflected in his contract demands for them. In other words, it might be cheaper for me to get Lamar, even if it's, you know, in a very expensive market anyways, uh, but it might be cheaper for me to land Lamar's contract than it would be for the Ravens. I just need to take care of the trade compensation. So I think it is something, and from what I can see in the chat, all of you agree. Gregory says it's a lot. Katharina goes with something, something for Katara Jones. Uh, Dan Williams goes with something. Holly and Tom says, Mo, I live in Baltimore, and I can definitely confirm that it is something. That bridge is burnt. And you look at some of the teams out there and what they could put together for, for Jackson. And I think there are a lot of teams, a lot of teams that could land him. I think the Houston Texans are very well positioned to actually go get him. They've got two first-round picks this year, and they've got two first-rounders next year as well, plus two second-rounders, I think, next year. So they are loaded with draft capital because they traded Deshaun Watson away, if you remember that. And looking at the Deshaun Watson trade and the Russell Wilson trade, more than first, more than a couple of first-rounders are where you start. Like you, you pick up that phone, you call the Baltimore Ravens, and the first thing that you say, it's more than two first-rounders. Otherwise, they hang up that moment right away. That is the way that you keep the conversation alive. And then on top of those couple of first-rounders, you got to add a lot more, in my opinion. And I was doing this exercise for ADC Sports Houston. I put together an article like exploring the possibility. And my, my proposal to trade for Lamar Jackson, like obviously a hypothetical scenario, just having some fun. And this was an intentionally aggressive offer with the hopes of bidding every other team that gets involved in the sweepstakes to me, it was the following trade proposal. It was three first-round picks, number two and number 12 this year, which I think would be very cool to see because it's like the Texans saying no one else can offer you the number two pick of this year, which gives you one of the top quarterbacks to replace Lamar, and number 12 this year. And then next year's first round for the Texans, plus a second rounder for next year and a third round pick for this year. That's what I put together for A to Z Sports. My dog just barked. Maybe he liked the idea. Maybe he didn't like the idea. But uh, that would be kind of like my, my offer for the Baltimore Ravens if I was running the, the Houston Texans. I think teams that should get involved are like way more than we would even think at first because that's Lamar Jackson and he's available. The Colts make a lot of sense for me. Somebody mentioned Washington in the chat. Like, why not? 
Drums and Cowboys says the Jets are also positioned to get Jackson. I think that I think that Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. I mean, I know that people are talking about who's got leverage, who, who doesn't got leverage, but I think that's like a 99% done deal. They know who they're targeting. They've known all along. They've made their free agent signings based on that. I think it's just a countdown. We're waiting for it to happen. So I, I don't think that the Jets are in it, to be honest with you. I think that the Jets are Aaron Rodgers or bust. And I think they're going to get him. They're, they're, they just need to figure out what the trade compensation is. Shout out to my dog who is out there uh, <laughs> suffering. Don't forget Jalen Smith, word number 54, says Mark Aaron. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, Toxic Tom says, Mo, can you think of any other time that a league MVP had this much drama around a contract extension, especially after a rookie deal? No, sir, I cannot. But can you remember any other time that a quarterback with over 20 civil lawsuits got exactly that a guaranteed contract from a team like a year ago. A year ago, this happened. Uh, Lamar isn't helped by the fact that Russell didn't seek a similar contract, for example, with the Broncos, etc. But also, it's not like Lamar is making this entire thing up. It's not like he's saying, oh, give me shares of the team. Honestly, this has been a, this, this has been a long time coming, in my opinion. The the NFL uh, the NFL PA has been pushing for their top players to fight for guaranteed deals, and I kind of respect what Lamar is doing. Honestly, I really do. Washington would be very interesting for Lamar, says Gregory, and I kind of like low key would enjoy it, just because you know who wouldn't like to see. Dak Prescott versus Lamar Jackson twice a year. I, I I would. I know that I would. Would be a difficult, would be more difficult to win the NFC East, obviously, every year. But we would get some very fun matchups. But in a much more real sense, please stay out of the, NF of the NFC East, Lamar Jackson, please. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight on ABC Sports Dallas Primetime. I gotta open my I gotta open the door for my dog because otherwise he's gonna be there barking forever. <laughs> but anyways, uh the show had really ended. I'm just kidding with you. Do me a favor and hit the like button, share the stream. I am live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on ADC Sports Dallas. We're going to talk about some more fun stuff tomorrow night. Had a great show, in my opinion. We, we had a fun time. Thank you for tuning in. Do me a favor and check out adcsports.com as well. And check out the Freeman Mazda Ride of the Week over at freemanmazda.net. Nos vemos el día de mañana. Muchas gracias. Bye-bye.